In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. In my last sermon, I gave you all a vaccine against fear. That's the real pandemic in the world today. And as promised, here is your booster shot. Uh, The remedy for fear is having the right attitude, thinking rightly about some potential danger which may happen in the future. And one of the dangers facing us currently, about which many are rightly concerned, is the potential loss of the traditional Latin Mass. What are we to do if it is suppressed? What if we lose access to the traditional sacraments? What if masses in general are canceled again, as they were 18 months ago? What if the church has to go underground? What if none of the sacraments are available? It's unfortunate that these are not improbable scenarios these days. In fact, this is currently happening right now in China, the underground church in China. The sacraments are unavailable to them. So to prevent ourselves from excessively worrying about this, we need to equip ourselves with confidence and proactivity. The wrong way to respond is with the victim mentality. Woe is me. We're being punished for the sins of our fathers. What are we going to do? We can't gain grace. Oh, no. Don't fall for that. Uh, remember that God, has, uh, God can turn all things to our spiritual benefit, even the loss of the sacraments. God does not will that evil happens, but when it does happen, he wills that we respond well. God wants us to accept things, even the loss of the sacraments, with resignation, peace, patience, and he wants us to work as hard as we can within the constraints placed upon us. Now, it would be good to remember, first of all, what is a sacrament? What are the sacraments for? Sacraments are signs. They point to something else, something higher than themselves, which is a supernatural grace of God. This is why we desire them for the grace that they possess, not for the physical signs which they are. Uh, Anybody should recognize or would recognize that a sacrament without grace is not desirable. A bad confession, for example, or a bad communion. You receive the sacrament, but not worthily. That's not, that's not good. Or an invalid mass. It looked like mass, it sounded like mass, but nothing was there, no grace. We recognize that's not desirable. Uh, so it isn't, we need to keep this distinction in mind. It isn't the sacraments in and of themselves that we desire, that we're afraid of losing. What we desire and what what is fearsome is the idea that the grace of God that comes with these sacraments would not be available. Now keeping this in mind, uh, it would be good to to call to mind, do do we sufficiently fear uh, losing the sacraments through our own fault, through mortal sin, through negligence, through presumption? Yes, we should fear an external loss of sacraments, but what about an internal loss of grace? Have I slipped into complacency, or am I, am I, am I on uh, autopilot? So, uh, or but, if the sacraments are taken away, not through our own fault, can we still gain grace? Of course, the answer is yes, 
through prayer, penance, fasting, good works, almsgiving, works of mercy. These are also productive of grace. If I'm excessively worried about losing the sacraments, it might be perhaps because I never do anything outside of them. Right? How many people only ever, they come to Mass, they come to daily Mass, and they go to confession every week, but what do they do outside of that? If nothing, that is not a very good life of prayer. What happens when, you know, if the only time you examine your conscience is when you go to confession? Well, if confession is unavailable, you're not in the habit of examining your conscience. If the only time I pray is when I come to daily Mass, what if you can't go to daily Mass? When do you pray? You've never developed a habit. So uh, this, this is uh, the, the purpose of a robust life of prayer outside the reception of the sacraments. Uh, we need to be filled with confidence that we can be close to God no matter what. No matter what happens on the outside, I'm still close to God on the inside. And prayer, we should absolutely be praying prior to receiving the sacraments. We need to be examining our conscience every night. We need to be every single day preparing ourselves for Holy Communion, thinking about the Mass, uh, you know, being close to God through, through prayer, through meditation, through spiritual reading. That way when we do receive the sacraments, they're that much more powerful, that much more efficacious. Okay, but Father, what if the sacraments are indeed taken away? What if I need that grace that only the sacraments can bring, like confession? What if I'm in a state of mortal sin? Isn't, is, is prayer in mortal sin, isn't that useless? Distinction. Uh, saying prayers and doing good works in a state of mortal sin is not useless. While it is true we cannot gain merit while in a state of, of grave sin from our prayers, uh, but prayer properly disposes us towards the acquisition of virtue, towards right living and towards a restoration of the friendship of God. When, when that time comes. So always keep praying no matter what. Uh, but still, if there's no confession, if there's no mass, if there's no sacraments, like what are we to do? Right? How are we to prepare ourselves and be confident facing that uh, potential possibility? Uh, well, God is exceedingly merciful and the church recognizes his almighty power. The church knows God can do all things. And so if through no fault of our own, the sacraments become unavailable, uh, we, we can ask, is it possible to receive the grace that comes with the sacraments without actually receiving the sacraments? Can we receive forgiveness of sins without going to confession? Can we have unity with Christ without actually receiving Holy Communion? The answer of the church is yes, under certain circumstances. Now the church herself has a phrase to describe this. God is bound to the sacraments, but he is not bound by the sacraments. If a sacrament is done properly by everybody involved, the minister and the recipient, then God has bound himself to give grace. We are certain grace has been communicated. When we do everything the church asks us to do, uh, we are certain of forgiveness of sins. When every, we come to Mass and everything has been exactly as the Church wants it to be, we are certain Christ is truly present. However, God is almighty and he can do whatever he wants. If he chooses to give sacramental grace outside the sacraments, he's perfectly free to do so. Uh, the difference is the, the level of certainty that we have. For example, Everybody should be familiar with what is called the act of perfect contrition. 
This is sorrow for our sins, uh, for having offended God uh, alone, because he is almighty and all good. It is a disposition of our heart, a sincere regret of our sins, for having offended him because he deserves. He is all, all good, all worthy of all our love. So an act of perfect contrition, even outside the confessional, forgives us all of our sins. But we're not, we can't be certain of that. Uh, for the rich reason, when we make an act of perfect contrition, it is not proper to receive Holy Communion sacramentally. Because there's that chance, maybe it didn't happen. Maybe it didn't occur. There would be a chance of sacrilege. So we refrain from sacramental communion until we've made sacramental confession. Uh, this is why Christ in the Gospels was always at pains to give physical signs when he worked an invisible miracle, like uh, uh, forgiving sins. Uh, as the paralytic in the Gospels, and the, he forgives the man his sins, the uh, Pharisees are scandalized, who can forgive sins, they doubt it. Then he has the lame man rise and walk, and nobody doubts that because they can see it. And this is, part of the, this is one of the reasons for the physical, visible signs of all the sacraments, so that we have certainty the sacrament has happened. But when those sacraments are not available, again, through no fault of our own, uh, they can still be available with less certainty through, as I mentioned, an act of contrition, right, forgiveness of sins, or making a spiritual communion. When Mass is not available, uh, Holy Communion is not available, we make that act of love and desire to be united with our Lord, and God in His grace, God in His, his goodness, uh, can give us, give us graces, as if we had received Holy Communion. That is possible. Uh, we have actually many examples of this among the lives of the saints. There was um, St. Mary of Egypt, a er, saint of the early church. She was, had been a sinner in her youth, uh, was converted. She went to one mass, made one confession, received one holy communion, and then went and lived in the desert for 60 years. And then after a life of penance and, and fasting and prayer, she received once more confession, holy communion, and then she died and went straight to heaven. So it's not the quantity of Holy Communion, it's not the quantity of sacraments, it's the quality of them. And by disposing ourselves, right, by disposing ourselves through prayer, through an earnest desire to receive the sacraments, if they're not available, when that time finally comes, it should be the best sacrament we've ever received, right, because we're disposed. There's no, um, uh, there's no lack. I mean, God's sacraments, the graces are infinite. The lack is us, right? If we don't, we don't become a saint. It's our fault. I would mention, too, the, uh, the Japanese Catholics who were evangelized by St. Francis Xavier in the 1500s. Uh, by the time, after a few generations, many, many had converted and become Catholic. But in 1620, all priests and all bishops were either killed or driven out of Japan. And so for the next 263 years, those Japanese Catholics who remained had to continue the faith with no priests and no mass. Only with, with baptism, which anybody could administer, and, and, and passing on, right? Making those acts of faith, making those acts of contrition, making those spiritual communions. And when Japan reopened its borders over 250 years later, missionaries came in and they found those groups of faithful Catholics still passing on the faith. So it's happened before, and it can happen now. It's happening right now in China. Uh, but we need not be uh, excessively worried about that, but be confident. 
and ask ourselves right now, am I making all available use of the sacraments, of prayer, of those vehicles of grace to sanctify my soul? As I mentioned last time, if there is something, some virus which is attacking my health, improve your health. If I foresee something that may attack my soul or, or weaken my abilities to gain grace, strengthen your soul. Gain grace now. Make yourself ready for that time if it comes. So in my next sermon, I will go into detail on how to profit uh, by spiritual communions, how to do it well, how properly to make acts of perfect contrition. And in the meantime, let us improve our daily prayer, improve our good works, our fasting, our penances, realizing that we can gain much grace through them as well, not just through the sacraments. And in this way, we will not fear uh, anything on the outside, no loss of sacraments from the outside, because God will have become so close to us on the inside that we will believe, we will know, nothing can separate us from him. God bless you all in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.